Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dad Educates Daughter. I'm Russell and this is my daughter Rebecca. Hello Rebecca. Hiya Dad, you alright? I'm good thank you and how are you? I'm good, I'm really good. Yeah? Yeah, week's been alright, although it's been one of those weeks where I can't put my finger on genres or anything uh, and yeah. there's a few that I'm on the fence about. So, uh-huh. I've so I've got to influence you a bit more when we come to talk about them, haven't I? Yeah. Although I you should be basing so. it on the music. No, I've put them in the hit or miss columns. Right. Okay. So they have got a column. They are in somewhere, but I'm just kind of like to and froing about it. Okay. One of those. All right then. So this week is episode 25, which is the final episode of series one. It is. So, now I would I would like to say that means that we have ended the fans <laughs> groups of the early 80s. Um, I mean, well, I say early 80s, it only covers 80, <laughs> 1980 to 1981. However, I have come across quite a few more still that I suppose they're more that I'm not aware of them because they're more classed as 1970s, right. but they've crossed over into the 1980s. So I think I can, ins- I mean, we're not going to extend this series. We'll carry on as we were going to. But I think the first couple of episodes in series two will still feature groups, stroke bands from the early 80s. I guess it's like when we come back, it'll be like a little refresher. Yeah. Of yeah. These are our early 80s and it will be a nice little yeah. go into it. That's it. Yeah. So in today's one, I have already done a summary of the whole of series one, which at the end of today's discussion, I will then put that on it. So that'll be at the very end of this episode. Oh, okay. And um, you will be getting um, some quick fire questions. Oh my goodness. See uh, what you can remember and think of what you've listened to. I hope you know um, I've got the, the worst in the memory last 25 in the world. episodes. Well, it's more a case of seeing what's what's stuck out because if it hasn't mm, stuck yeah, out, yeah, that's true. It hasn't hasn't really um, educated me. Made much of an indent in in your um, brain, I suppose, or you know, it's not made an impression on you. I suppose is a better way. It's not, yeah, it's not made an impression. So those those groups that have hopefully stood out the most will have made a bigger impression on you, and you, they're the ones that you'll remember. Okay, all excited. Okay, let's talk music then for this week. So you had. ABC, Modern Romance, Heaven 17, Haircut 100, The Four Tops, and The Passions. So how did you find this week's episodes? And also, how many number ones do you think you listen to, if any? So, well, like I've already said, I can't put my finger on any genres. I'm on the fence about a few. Not a few, I'd say a couple. But it's been a good week, and it's it's weird because I don't really think any of them link with each other as much. I weren't really able to compare them all or anything to each other. Like they didn't sound similar to one another. Like uh-huh. you could in a couple of ways, but in a direct way, I didn't feel like they were one after another sounding the same in the same genre. I don't know, but we'll find out. Number ones, I went with three. Oh, okay. I've gone with. One being from Heaven 17, one being from 
four tops and one being from ABC. Okay, that's interesting because there was none. I nearly went for none, but I really wanted to back a couple of the, the songs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, wow. So none. However, there is an interesting fact from these, what, six groups, was it? Yeah. Um, one of the groups, their first four releases all charted inside the top ten. Oh. Yeah. So you've got that to come. It's got to be, so is that someone that's got more than four that I've listened to? Well, it's going to be four or more, isn't it? Because it's their first four singles. So it could be one. So it could it be could anyone be but The Passions. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. We will come to that. Who who do you think? So, you, obviously, I give you them in order. Mm-hmm. So who do you think looking at the first four of each of them? Mm, I want to go with... Oh, it could be a few, you know. Yeah. And that's what I mean. You've had no number ones, but it just shows you, doesn't it? Still still charting in the top ten. Yeah. And you can't even decide, so that shows ABC. Okay, yeah. well, we'll find out because they're the first ones up. So that leads us nicely then for you to uh, tell me about ABC. What's your first thoughts of them? What did you think about ABC? How did you think of, you know, what do you think of their music? Did you see their videos? What, what do you, what's your overall opinion on abc so as i was saying i don't really know the genres but i feel like i can hear a bit of lecture but the thing is you said we're going into music that you yeah. got into so j- just to let you know so um just to give you a bit of background on abc they were formed in 1980 so they were a proper 80s band now no right. pre-70s no pre-80s yeah in, in the 70s they are completely 80s uh, formed in 1980 in Sheffield, England. They were pop band, new wave, so new wave pop band, uh, mainly synth pop and sophisti pop. Now we've come across sophisti pop before, level 42, and I suppose their music is very like Spandau Ballet. Yeah, in that yeah, sense, that, yeah. That sort of music. So that that's what um, ABC are. They were fronted by Martin Fry on vocals, Stephen Singleton on saxophone. Hence the level 42 or so similarity, because level 42 was classed as a sophisticated pop, but more jazz space. Well, I think um, I would say ABC are more like Spandau Ballet with sophisticated pop, but more soul based. Mark White, guitar and keyboards. Mark Lickley on bass and Dave Robinson on drums. However, Dave Robinson, he left in 1981 and was replaced by Dave Palmer on drums. So he was then big. He was probably the the more... Uh, associated drummer with uh, ABC. So, um, yeah, they were founded by Fry, Singleton and White, as I say, in, in Sheffield in 1980. So that's, that's some background. So they are um, a bit of synth pop and then they went over to sophisticated pop. So very much similar to Spandau Ballet's um, way of that. They, they went, they evolved. Well, I thought I could hear a bit of electronic, but then I guess if you're saying synth pop, they have... Well, synth pop is elect- electronic. Some people call it electronic, electric music. Okay. Some people call it synth. So they are the same pop. thing. So it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Right, okay. Because I could hear some programming in I suppose there. the difference is that you can have a, an electric electronic band with just a keyboard. Yeah. 
just keyboard alone, or you can have SynthPop, which is a synthesizer with a drum machine and all the other stuff that you can you can do with a synthesizer. Oh, okay. So there's one that might be a bit more in depth yeah but to be honest i think a lot of so even though when i read them out i mean like for here it's got mark white guitar and keyboards it doesn't say synthesizer so it's hard to know which bands use the synthesizer and which use a keyboard to know which is which so um it's it's very hard to actually and i I would guess unless you know even yeah unless you're a big fan of them and know yeah then i would say that a lot get probably pigeonholed in the one in the one category anyway which right. is why it's best just to put the two categories together yeah. so electronic music synthesizer ele- electric okay all right so yeah i did hear a bit of electronic in there so the synthesizer but i also heard the instruments and they had like a little mix like in the middle of the songs that you gave me they went a bit slow and mellow and not really my thing but it had really nice music like the music that was coming from the instruments so like the background stuff was really nice in those slow ones um but i do prefer the more up-tempo ones i mean i think we all know that now and the song that you would have listened to or do listen yes yes because they do sound they do sound familiar and i thought the only way these can sound familiar is you because they're not someone i would have ever explored or i've never heard of them to know anything about them i mean i wouldn't say they were my mainstream listen to so no no, but i've recognized them a little bit uh, yeah i mean definitely i suppose the look of love yeah um, oh speaking of the look of love actually so on um spotify there's like four parts to it. I only listened to part one, but did you know there's four parts to the song? No, it was that. I don't know what you mean by four parts. The song's a song. It's it four versions. Four, I don't. I it know. must be like four different versions. No, really, like I only listened to the first one because you didn't say anything, and so I just put part one on, and I recognise it as well. So I was like, okay, well, I must yeah. listen to the right thing. I mean, it was a big song of the eighties, um, along with Poison Arrow. I didn't recognise that one. Hmm. Has the look of love ever been covered, or is it co- a cover? Because it sounds—I no, don't know. Where, no, I don't. I don't think it is. Okay, I only ask that because I don't know ABC. But yeah, I know so no, that it was song. written. It was. It was written by Fry White and Singleton Palmer and Lickley. So it's theirs. It's their own. And um, I'm not aware of any issue in 1996. Euro band Eclipse released a dance cover version, but um, it reached number 30 in the Australian charts. So unless you okay, were having no. a visit in Australia. <laughs> then, yeah. But um, no, that's the only, from what it says, the, the oh, only okay. other thing. Um, there was a Look of Love 1990 mix. No, I recognise um, this version. It only but... charted in number 68. Right, so okay. at, it only charted at number 68. So, yeah, no, okay. there's nothing else, really. Okay, no, it must be this one that I know then. I don't, like, it's because I recognise the song, but I don't know the artist at all. So I was like, and it sounds like I recognise the song to the point where it's too familiar. So I was like, has it been mm-hmm. covered or I mean, it is, it is probably one of, I mean... If you've listened to an 80s music channel, even on the radio, The Look of Love is probably the most played ABC song. Yeah, okay. Um, that's it would definitely be on things of, you know, 80s compilations, yeah. 80s radio stations, or even normal radio stations that play 80s music. Mm. Then, yeah, The Look of Love would, would definitely be uh, played. Okay. But, yeah, the, like, ABC were 
like 80s had puked on them. So I watched three videos. I watched like Tears Are Not Enough. So from the very, like the beginning, I watched mm-hmm. That Was Then But This Is Now. So from the middle. And then I watched One Better World. So from the end. And so you didn't watch the video of The Look of Love? No, because no. I watched like a beginning, middle, yeah. end. I should have told you to, to watch that video because that is an iconic video. It's, oh, um, is it? It, it's, it sums up 80s it's very bright it's very it's got a bit of not animation it's it's, it's oh. a bit of park and what have you and all things going on but it's like a made-up park not a park it's a, right okay not it's not even a cartoon but it's i suppose like theater like right okay and, yeah um, so yeah oh but, i'll give it a watch though but no I, I wanted to watch because they had quite a few i just wanted to see i focused a lot on their fashion yeah so I looked at what they were wearing more than the videos themselves. And the ones that I watched, they were on top of the pops. And it's, it was quite nice to see. So like at the beginning in their Tears Not Enough, they're very formal wear. And I feel like that comes from the 70s that like, obviously they weren't a 70s band, mm-hmm. but they, obviously like the fashion was out from... coming out, like, yeah. yeah, what everyone was wearing. And then... In the middle, so that was then, but this is now, they were wearing, like, dark clothes and leather was on, you know, just kind of mediocre, weren't nothing 80s about it. Yeah. yeah, but then in One Better World, I li- like, literally, 80s had flew up on them. They were wearing the bright colours, the baggy clothes, a bit of denim, like, I don't know, patterns. Just, yeah, it, past, they past looked... Storm patterns. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. looked 80s. And I was yeah. like, this is it. And then I just, all I could think so, was... So obviously, just go, I mean, I know I'm fast forwarding here, but would you say then that you saw another band similar that you've already watched today? Or watched this week? Was another what, one? Similar to what they look like? As in what they wear in and colours? Don't say it. I'll tell you if you say yes. I can't think of one. No? So you wouldn't put Haircut 100 in the same bracket? Yeah. I would actually. Yeah. I, I say I can't think of one, but other than because whenever I think of, when I suppose just for me, just the way I do. When, so like when I was putting this first together and getting the bands, I wanted. I put. I was thinking of bands that were similar. So like Erasure and the Pet Shop Boys, you know, and and things like that. Aha and Prefab Sprout, who I put together. Um, and when I do ABC, I automatically think of um, Haircut One Hundred. You know, it's the same with Human League. I automatically think of Heaven Seventeen, mainly because of the links they have. But yeah, that, that's how I that's how I do it. And I always put ABC. Whenever I think of ABC, I also automatically think of Haircut One Hundred. Yeah, sounding wise as well. I guess. Yeah, sounding, looking. You know, it's just as it not not looks, but the way they the band the tra- are very yeah. casual. The 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 way they move themselves Pastel around. colours and, yeah, yeah, not OT, not OTT or anything like that. So, no. yeah, very um, similar bands, I would say, in, in, in their music and their looks. Yeah, 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 now you said that. But I have written similar things about videos for Haircut 100, like, I get the 80s feeling. So, yeah, that was, that was them. But they're very easy to listen to, ABC. Yeah. Like, and they're, you know... Bit, bit of me catchy lyrics but the the eight like there was only three songs that i didn't really like and that was their more mellowed slowed down music mm-hmm. okay 
Well, just a bit about them then. So we've obviously spoke about the big four, of which you've already listened to two of them. Yeah. These were classed as the big four of electronic synth-based bands from Sheffield, uh, along with Cabaret Voltaire, Clock DVA and the Human League. So they all come oh. out of Sheffield and they obviously were all doing the clubs and the scenes, pub scenes at the same time. Um, they were founded, as I said, by Fry, Singleton and White. And Singleton and White were originally in a band called Vice Versa between 1977 and 1980. Right. So Vice Versa were considered one of the big four electronic synth-based bands from right. Sheffield. Not, not so, so they were around with the early Human League, mm-hmm. the original, Clock DVA and Cabaret Voltaire. So vice versa was in that group and then martin fry who wrote for a fanzine called modern drugs uh, he interviewed vice versa and then shortly afterwards they asked him to join as a keyboard player fry accepted and then by late 1980 the band evolved into abc so they changed their name and fry was the lead singer become the lead singer you know, I was going to ask about their name. No, no apart story. from they probably just wanted to be top of Wikipedia when they knew that <laughs> come along. I don't know, or, or, or any music <laughs> dictionaries or things that were around. ABC was the first music one dictionary. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> references you had of music at the time. So yeah, no, they evolved from vice versa into ABC, but obviously changed um, from obviously a mainly electronic synth based into a more poppy sophisticated so very very similar as i said to spandau ballet yeah uh, the way they evolved as as time moved they started off as a synth band and then become more of a soul band yeah their debut album the lexicon of love in 1982 was produced by trevor horn oh, from right. Bubbles, yeah. yeah who we've spoke about before and that reached number one in the album charts. And The Lexicon of Love is another of those albums like Dare um, and oh, so many that we've gone through, Joshua Tree, that is very seen as an 80s reference, I suppose, for that right. kind of, for the music around. It is an iconic album, The Lexicon of Love. Um, so, yeah, so that reached number one. And it is often in lists of favourite albums, including, so in The Observer or The Observer, Top 100 British albums, 2004, it was 42nd. And in Q Magazine, 100 Greatest British Albums, which was published in 2000, it was 40th. Oh, right. So it's still hitting in there even like decades after. Yeah, his release. yeah. and that's what I'm saying. It's still classed as one of the albums of the 80s yeah. at okay. that time. Oh, it's going to be ABC with the top four, isn't it? So... They had five albums during the 80s, and they've had nine in total, their last being in 2016. Oh, so they carried on a bit then. Yeah, and they had three top ten singles. So it's not that bad. (laughs) So before I read them out then, which is your favourite? And let's see where that chide. It was One Better World. One Better World. Yeah. Okay. Bit shocked on that one. I am very shocked. Yes, you'll Why? be shocked. No, when you see. Oh no, it's going to come down. Loving it. So, 1981, tears are not enough. 
Number 19. Okay. So they fell at the first hurdle. No, no, but they fell at the first hurdle for getting that four top four. Yeah, yeah. Because when you listen to the next three, oh, 82, Poison Arrow, number six. Okay. 1982 again, The Look of Love, number four. Ooh. And 1982 again, All of My Heart, number five. And so you can see now why the Lex going to love, you know, they got three hit singles. Uh, yeah. Um, and also the Tears Are Not Enough is still a top 20 hit, you know. Yeah, still a good hit. Yeah, yeah. 1983, that was then, but this is now number 18. Okay. 1984, SOS, number 39. Ooh down a bit but these are their more mellow ones that i'd say these yeah. three so the two that you just had in this next one they're the more mellow so, so 1985 be near me number 26 so yeah where you're saying you didn't the mellow ones you you wouldn't really fussed on and what have you they are the ones that probably charted not so well because then 1987 when smoky sings yeah number 11 so obviously uh, i suppose they changed yeah. it but i think because you've had that album and they all got hits. That's that's what people were then expecting from them. So I think yeah. it's then hard to change it up, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 1987, The Night You Murdered Love, number 31. Oh, okay. And in oh, 1989, no. One Better World, number 32. Really? Yes. But is that because, I mean, you're listening to um, on the back of everything else and you're, so you would have, if you liked them, you would have been an ABC nut, you know, and you'd have gone out and bought whatever. Yeah. Was yeah. it that by 1989, everyone had forgotten about their hits or were just expecting, oh, it's ABC, you know, think of their hits from 1982. But then people have seen their hits from 1985 onwards and they haven't been that great. And so it didn't, it, you know, People have but I don't it. think they changed that much, though. No. I don't think... Well, like, maybe that was their problem, though. The 80s had. When you listen to music that you'll be listening to at the late 80s, if you were comparing it to the, like the, the early 80s, end. yeah, totally different. You know, I mean, we're talking like soul to soul. Um, yeah, it's just a total change of music from late 80s, from the early 80s. So if they're still carrying on with the same kind of music... Mm. It's not going to necessarily a, a, it's not going to fit in, um, is it? Fit in with those that aren't a ABC hardcore fan. Yeah. So ones that are just you know, about now. I mean, it's still done well. It's still got in the top forty, but it's yeah. just on the back of people knowing who are, ABC are, knowing who an ABC and looking, mm. you know, like that. Maybe. Music. So yeah. Maybe. Also, as I said, nineteen eighty-two, the Lex gonna love got to number one. They had other albums. But interesting, in 2016, The Lexicon of Love Part 2 got to number Ooh. five. Oh, so people really enjoy that then, don't so, they? Yeah. So I don't know what The Lexicon of Love 2, whether it's the same, whether it's remixes or whatever. I don't know what they mean by Part 2. I didn't obviously know about didn't it. In 2016 is only recently. Um, but yeah, the fact it's still got to number five is um, quite interesting. Now, whether it was one of these special editions on an L, on a vinyl, I'd, you know, I'd, I didn't look into it because it was an 80s. I've just looked. It's got no songs the same. Oh, so there you go. It is a whole, whole new, new album, album. Packaged as the Lexicon of Love Part 2 and done very well in getting to number five. 
yeah very well because yeah it, it's completely new music there we go it's not the same cover but that's about it 2016 okay moving on then to modern romance yeah so these they're very different to abc aren't they they're not similar really these i would put as holiday music holiday music (laughs) didn't know there was that genre it is in my head all I can picture is, you know, when you go on holiday and you're staying at a hotel and it's an all-inclusive hotel, say, mm, I guess other hotels do it, but they put a bit of entertainment on, don't they, in the evenings. They just sound like that type of music that's on for the entertainment. No, they're, no they're new wave pop. So literal just pop. So I suppose a bit, um, I suppose, uh, Bucks Fizz. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, it's just not. Not really what I thought I was going to be getting when you said that you hint, that it's getting a little bit more hinted at the music that you did. I didn't think this would then play a part in it. They've got some good ones. I just can't get the holiday out of my head. Like, literally, if I was on holiday and these came on, it would be such a good time. Like, it, I don't know. Like, everybody salsa. I mean, come on. That literally is, we're going to salsa. And yeah. it's just very... And watching them on top of the pop, they had everyone up there, like, entertainers, and they're there for a good time. Like, none of them are wearing the same styles of clothing either. They're all very different from each other. But they're just there for a good time. And just all, like, most of their songs, especially their up-tempo songs, are very, let's dance, have a good time. And I just feel like I could be on holiday, having a few drinks or watching an entertainment at a hotel. But then you've got, on the other side of that, you've got ones like um, Cherry Pie and Apple Blossom White. And it's like... Well, you're very different. Cherry pink. Cherry pink. Cherry pink and apple blossom white. That's the one. That one isn't anything like the Everybody Salsa and Best Years of Our Lives and Queen of the Rapping scene. Like, you know what I mean? They're just very, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like they were playing around with their, their own sound, playing around with what sounds are in the 80s. But, yeah, I couldn't get the holiday out of my head. Okay. So, um would you be surprised if they were the ones to have had the first four hits all in the top ten? Very. Yeah? If they have. So have they? Oh, oh you'll find out in a minute when I go through it. But first of all... What are you saying there? Modern Romance were Jeff Dean on vocals, David James with a Y on bass, right. Robbie James on keyboards, Paul Gendler on guitar, Tony Gainsborough on drums, um, Andy Kiriko also on drums, which I'll explain in a minute. John DePrez on trumpet and Michael Mullins on vocals. So regarding the two drummers, Andy Kirikow played drums on all of uh, Modern Romance's recordings, apart from Modern Romance, which obviously was an earlier hit, hence you didn't have it or wasn't a hit at all, because yeah. it's not on your list. Tonight and everybody salsa so i'd say it's the early stuff right or no it could have been non-hits because they were formed they were formed in 1980 oh okay so they the the first two weren't so modern romance and tonight obviously weren't hits so i will double check before um i answer that one but yeah so and tony so tony gaines would play drums on those other on those three andy kiriko played drums on there so as far as what you listen to 
all of them, bar everybody salsa, was Andy Kirakal. Okay. Okay, and everybody salsa was Tony Gainsborough. Not going to lie, it's drums though, so you can't really tell the difference. No, no, very, that, very true. You wouldn't even know if it was real drums or drum machine. No. So yeah, the other two, they couldn't have even been releases. They're not even on. They're not even on here. So they just obviously. Oh right. Either really badly flopped and didn't make the top one hundred, or they just weren't released. So yeah, they were formed in 1980 in London, England. They're a new wave pop band uh, formed by Jeffrey Dean and David James, who were previously in the Leighton Buzzards, or also known as the Buzzards, between 1976 and 1980. So very similar to um, what I just said about ABC, that two of the founding members were in a, a previous group and then they um, became yeah, another yeah. group sort of thing. We have had that We've had in, many in movements ones. about during the 80s. Yeah, where they've started off as somewhere else and, and what have you. But yeah, Jeff Dean, he, so he, bear in mind, he's a founder. He left in 1982. Okay. And was replaced with Michael Mullins on vocals. So hence, obviously, you had two vocalists. And after um, some disagreements with their record label, which was WEA, they then signed to RCA. And um, during those disagreements, um, so that happened in 1984, John Deprez also left, who was the trumpet. And then 1985, the band disbanded after their album Burn It flopped and a standalone, which is like a non-album single, uh, Tarzan Boy, which was a cover of Baltimore single. We've heard of Baltimore because the singer of Baltimore died and was confused with tight fit. Oh, yeah. Tight Fit had the uh, Lion Sleeps Tonight and Baltimore had Tarzan Boy. They got it, they muddled up and automatically thought yeah. the same same group. Um, so anyway, um, they Modern Romance done a cover of Tarzan Boy and it was obviously um, a flop and a mix of their biggest selling songs titled The Best Mix of Our Lives. And um, yeah, that was the end of that was when they decided to uh, disband. Ben and had already left us, lost Jeff Dean as well, um, as well as John DePrez. Um, Dean went on to become a scriptwriter and a TV producer. And oh, he actually wrote scripts for the following. So Birds of a Feather, Friday Night with Jonathan Ross and Chef. David James and John DePrez, they linked up together and they composed music for commercials and feature films. All right. So they've all got out of the music business kind of thing then. Well... I was about to say, well, in 1999, Andy Kirakow, who obviously wasn't an original member, mm-hmm. um, he reformed the band with a completely different lineup. Oh. And in 2002, they released an album called Back on Track, which was mostly re-recorded modern romance hits. And they continued to play in the 1980s revival scene and were the opening act for the Rewind Festival at Henley in 2010. Oh. Are they still going around? Or as far as Andy Kirikow? Yeah, like he's... That, like, when people do that, I'm like, but how? Because you weren't a founding member. You weren't a original member. How are you allowed no. to... But then I guess we've seen that some people go to court to yeah. get the right... I don't, to I don't know what under what name... I've never seen them on the... I was going to ask you, Yeah, no. They certainly haven't done it recently, and um, 2010 was before I started going. It was probably about 2015 we first 
maybe 2014 2015 we first started going but um I've, i can't recall modern romance that's not to say i haven't i just don't recall them right okay but yeah so um they had six albums in the 80s okay they've had nine in total that's more than abc so yeah so as i said they did have an album back on track in 2002 so that would have been one of the extra ones and they had four top 10 singles oh no let these I don't like all four of their first four. On that then, which is your favourite song? Um, Best Years of Our Lives was my favourite, although I really can't get everybody's salsa out of my head. Yeah. Okay. Right. 1981, Everybody's Salsa, mm. number 12. Oh, Okay. Okay, that's fine. But I mean, I'd rather everybody salsa be in the top 10 because that is a good song, but I'm glad that means it's not these four. It's not saying I don't like them, I just don't like all that song. 1981, I, 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 Muzi, number 10. Okay. 1982, Queen of the Rapping Scene, Nothing Ever Goes the Way You Plan, number 37. So the ones that I like aren't doing well with these. 1982, Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White, number 15. What? 1982, Best Years of Our Lives. Come on. Number four. Hey, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll take that. So that's the second top ten with I-I-I-I, Moosey. Yeah. Moosey, whatever it is. Um, 1983, High Life. Yeah. Number eight. Okay, that's another one that I like. 1983, Don't Stop That Crazy Rhythm, number 14. Oh, so it's Walking in the Rain. 1983, Walking in the Rain, number seven. Oh, okay. Weren't the ones that I'd expect it to be. They've done very well, really, when you think of even the ones that just missed out on number 10. You know, they've got a number 12, a number 15, mm. a number 14. Mm. And they're not clear. I mean, if you used to ask people to do a list of... You know, if you saw us, I don't know, how, however many people to do a list of 80s bands, there's probably not many that would write down Modern Romance. It's not a band I would automatically write down. I'd probably be in my third, in the, you know, I'd get to number 30 and I probably still wouldn't have Modern Romance. on the They list. don't scream 80s though, do they? So yeah, the music did remember, well, but they don't scream. I don't remember them. Yeah, I don't, they don't stick out for me. Whereas, you know, as I say, ABC... Um, Heaven 17, Haircut 100, you know, the others that you, you've listened to this week, they would appear, you know. But do you know why you can't think of these ones? Uh, because probably in the 80s, they were still at the hotels. They were at their holiday music. Even in the 80s, <laughs> I bet they were just like in the bars, well, in the clubs. Like. Holiday music or not, they've had four top tens that's because people will go on holiday and then be like oh, what was that song we heard let's go by and they had seven top 20 so seven top 20 of which four of them got in the top 10 yeah that is good going i would say only had for one any band top 20 for what you so, yeah it is which good was queen of the rapping scene yeah no not a bad group for for someone who you would have just as a a pontins or butlins holiday camp not bad at all. No, it's not. They've got catchy songs, so I'm not I'm not knocking it. You know me, I like a bit of cheese, I like a bit of that yeah. type of music, yeah. 
And I can't get blooming everybody sells throughout my head. So they've done something right, haven't they? Yeah. On to Heaven 17 then. Right. What were your views on them? Well, I'd heard of these. And then when I'm listening to them, I only recognise Temptation, which is fine. But I'm like, considering I've heard, don't know why I've heard of them, don't know what, where, anything. But then when I was watching the videos, I was like, you are not what I had in my head. They're a bit darker than I thought they would be. Like, they're a bit stiff. They got their videos tell a story, so I like that. But the video for Temptation is very creepy. Like, I weren't expecting that, especially that type of song. Like, yeah, okay, if you look into it, it's about, you know, obviously temptation between men and women, blah, blah, blah. But the video is a bit creepy. They're all dark. They're, they're very stiff and, oh, I don't know, just weird. And then I watched This Is Mine, and they're, like, out on the street. And it is a story one, but they just don't look... Like, I thought they were, like, young 80s, you know, like, young men. But they're a bit older than I thought. And I don't know who I think Heaven 17 are, but like, I have heard of them. I have heard of Temptation, but they weren't what I was expecting. But they are back to more of the 80s feel. Yeah, that I, think, I think you could look at it as the same as... So, obviously, Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh, who were both in Heaven 17, they were originally in the Human League. Okay, they were the founders of the Human League. They walked away from the Human League because they felt that the Human League were going in a more pop. Oh my goodness, I'm talking about this now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they made Heaven 17 because they wanted to stick with the synth pop. And I suppose you could look at it as the same with Depeche Mode and Vince Clark. Whereas Depeche Mode, rather than pop, they went more rock. Mm. Um, And Vince Clark, obviously, again, wanted to stay with the synth pop. And they obviously then formed various bands trying to get the right combination before obviously coming across Andy Bell and having erasure. And I suppose it, it's a similar thing, apart from the, the original bands of Human League and Depeche Mode went completely different ways. Human League went pop, whereas Depeche Mode went rock. The fact is that one of the founding members didn't want to go in the direction they were going and formed then another group sticking yeah. with the more synth pop. So Heaven 17, like erasure, became more simp. I would say that Heaven 17 are more darker side of simp yeah, pop. Yeah, definitely. Whereas Erasure are more poppy simp Yeah. Pop, you know, more okay. dancey simp pop. Yeah. Um, but very, very, you know, I suppose Heaven 17 are more, I'd, I'd say probably Pet Shop Boys, uh, Soft Cell, mm. Soft Cell, mm. I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that yeah. sort of uh, synth pop compared to Erasure. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what happened there, which is why you've probably seen a bit more darker because I'd wow. say they are, yeah, they are more that that side rather than poppy because that's where you, if they wanted pop, they'd have stuck with Human League. Yeah, you know, yeah, there was yeah. more to it and the, with the falling out. Um, but yeah, so Heaven 17 were, Mart- as I say, oh, are Martin Ware, Ian Craig Marsh on keyboard. They're both keyboard players. And then they brought in Glenn Gregory on vocals. Now, if you remember when we were discussing Human League, funny enough, it was Glenn Gregory they first wanted as their lead yeah, vocalist, yeah, yeah. rather than Phil Oakey. They wanted um, Glenn Gregory, but he was, wasn't was available at the time. Um, obviously, in another band, not that it was a, a big band. I don't even know who it was. But when they formed Heaven 17, he was obviously available and, and joined them. They were formed in 1980 in Sheffield. Obviously, on the back of where and Marsh, as I say, leaving Human League, the early original Human League, which a lot of like Gary Newman looked to, you know, OMD, Ultravox, 
the original Martin Ware, Ian Craig Miles, they looked at the early Human League as an inspiration because mm. it was very synth pop. But yeah. then obviously, I suppose Phil Oakey wanted to then go establish with more of a pop feel. And that's the way they went. And Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marshall say they walked away and formed Heaven 17. You know, you can really hear the programmed sounds in some of these songs. Yeah. So you can hear that they obviously wanted to do this in before. But I do agree it is that bit darker. More with the videos, though. Like, the songs sound a bit up-tempo, although they have got a mix of songs and not all of them sound the same. Like, they've played around a bit. It's more the videos that are dark than the sounding mm-hmm. of the songs. I was going to say, yeah, Glenn Gregory is a, is a good is a good singer, and he actually... Yeah. Um, I was listening, because, as you know, I listen to Electronically Yours podcast, which is Martin Ware, yeah. and he talks to others, and he was, funny enough, he was talking to David Ball, uh, the other half of Soft Cell, with, um, obviously from Mark, with Mark Almond. Everyone thinks of Mark Almond, but David Ball was the other half. And he was talking to him, and he was talking about Glenn Gregory, and um, Glenn Gregory actually played, I think it was David Bowie in a musical or in a... Ooh. In, in something, yeah, he, he played. So, so he's that, got you know, that his range. Voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not played him, but took his parts or something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, he he was linked with with that. So right. he's you know a good singer. So um, they're a new wave synth pop electronica group. Mm-hmm. So originally, where were Mars when they first left Human League? They formed a production company by the name of the British Electric Foundation or the BEF. And Martin Ware actually still tours like with rewind as bef it's a production company yeah yeah but it's a production company but they produce songs and have like i don't know how to how you'd explain it so when they were heaven 17 it was bef but they had loads of 80s like one hit wonders or people who didn't have many hits playing for them and heaven 17 was one of the lineup along with the lotus eaters um Oh, I can't even think. There was quite a few. I think Mel and Kim or Kim Appleby um, and others that, you know, not a lot of hits, but they went under the BEF. Right. So that's still going, as I say, with, with Rewind. And I know he's actually still cover, He's still going now because he, um, he was talking to, I think it was Howard Jones. I can't remember now in one of these pods that I listened to a couple of weeks. And they were both going around at the moment with that so let's rock which we're actually seeing let's rock the more at cookham but they were currently they were in liverpool and what have you and he's on that and um i don't know if it's as heaven 17 or as bef i was gonna ask are they still going because when i was watching videos on youtube i was finding one for this is mine and i came across one that was like bbc radio six like, no, they do like their live lounges. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. And it was then, but obviously uh-huh. more recent. I didn't look at the year, but it was more recent. So I just wondered whether they were still going or whether that was like a one off thing to promote something or whatever. But they, yeah, they were on BBC Radio 6 Live Lounge. And it obviously definitely weren't them in the 80s because they're like all men. So it was definitely yeah. like more recent. Yeah. So I wondered whether they were still going or still doing stuff together. Because obviously Martin Ware's still going because he's got his podcast, but that's not music-wise. That's like discussing no, no, no. things. But yeah, wonder if they. No, they definitely. I don't think. I don't know if they've released any new material. Mm-hmm. 
going on that, one of the things that David Ball was quite um, very um, looking forward to, very big energy, and it's you know, it sounds like it's going to be a good album. Is Soft Cell are releasing some new music, and um, David Ball was very up. He wouldn't say what it was going to be called, what the which you'd think he'd want to advertise, but he was saying yeah. he was really infused about it, and it sounds really good. So, um, well, but then again, if he's for. mysterious about mm. it, it gets people intrigued. So, yeah. So obviously, as we know, you know, Gary Newman's brought out new stuff since we've been um, yeah, recording has. this pod. So and the, the Vapors have as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, Soft Cell, what's this space? I'm so, sure um, I've seen something called Spotify at... because it comes up like you can, like ones that you listen to quite a lot or you've liked uh-huh. or whatever. It comes up new music. Um, right. I'm sure I've seen Soft Cell advertise that. It may well. I mean, I don't know when, obviously, um, when their podcasts are recorded. Yeah. Um, it might have been recorded a while ago. But yeah, no, David Ball said that there is a new album coming out. But um, Martin Ware, at the same time, didn't say that there's anything planned for Heaven 17, which they released a he single. Would, he would just, uh, right. So, well, there's oh, an like album Shinobi. on its way. So, um, so yeah, so that's how they first originally thought, got to get, you know, after leaving um, Human League was through BEF, British Electronic Foundation. They released two albums, um, one a cassette only and then an LP. So they then recruited a vocalist, Glenn Gregory, as I say, was their first choice for Human League. Mm-hmm. And the name Heaven 17 came about from the film A Clockwork Orange, where oh. Heaven 17, but spelt 17, whereas they are the number 17. Yeah. They were at number four with Inside. So in a fictional film, or non-fiction, because that's, yeah, non-fiction film, there is a group called Heaven 17, spelt 17, in a chart or whatever. I've not watched it, but obviously a chart or whatever. I don't want to watch it. It's a weird film. We're at number four with Inside. And on the back of that, they changed their name to Heaven 17, as in the number, written number 17. And yeah, so that's that's where it I did from. when like I was listening to them. Like I say, their music isn't dark; it's the videos. But I was like, why have they got such like a innocent name like Heaven Seventeen? Like that sounds like a you know like a boy band that girls would groupie over. Like for me, like back in the day, like you had. I mean, I didn't listen to them, but Backstreet Boys, I know, or like Take That. They were ones that people would like idolize, and they were like the beautiful men that people love that's what i pictured heaven 17 to be with because of their name and then uh-huh. they're not so now you've explained the name i'm like okay clockwork orange is a bit of a weird film that i wouldn't watch it it's very odd have you watched that have you yeah all oh, right you don't remember no no i don't, don't remember that. no don't recall that uh-huh. i went dressed as one of the clockwork orange people for halloween all oh, right <laughs> um so yeah so where in gregory not ian craig marsh um, just where and Gregory, they still tour on the 80s revival scene, as I say, like Let's Rock and, and Rewind. Mm. Martin Ware's not giving up with music, really, is he? That sounds really horrible, but I mean, like, he's still going in music. Yeah. He's still doing whatever he can, giving to yeah. your generation, isn't he? Like, he's got his podcast, yeah, yeah. he's doing these, so Rewind. The what have you? And they are good podcasts. He lists, he talks to people mainly, as I say, it's called Electronic Yours, so it's mainly on the electronic side. Yeah. But um, it is good. And um, he is, um, I mean, when he was talking to David Ball, they're on about um, whether they do it, I don't know, doing an album of the Northern Soul, which is obviously where um, Tainted Love come from, because that's where David Ball was, that's the music he was brought up on. 
yeah. and he was on about doing an electronic version of of those sort oh. of music. Um, oh, so like producing them and changing them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David Ball was up for it as well. So whether anything comes of it, be interesting to find I'm out. I'm sure you will be in the know, Dad. Yes, yes. So their first single, We Don't Need This Fascist Groove Thang, mm. um, was banned by the BBC. Oh, that's another one banned. So, yeah, for its overtly left-wing political lyrics, due to Radio 1's legal department that it libelled Ronald Reagan, the US newly appointed president. Oh, so, I did not listen to the lyrics like that. No, I'd, I'd, I mean, I don't know what they meant by it. But um, yeah, so um, as you say, another one. So with the Sex Pistols being the other one. Yeah. And there is a bigger one to come that um, you'll listen to. Okay. Oh, what, like today? No, 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 no. In a further further episode. Session musicians were used in recordings uh, for the bass guitar and guitar. So John Wilson was on was bass guitar stroke guitar and uh, a grand piano of Nick Pytos. So they used session musicians because obviously they were more synth pop group. Um, yeah. They used those uh, when they the needed actual... actual instruments. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They had five albums in the 80s and they've had eight oh, in be... total. Oh, we still and they had the one before. Two top 10 hits. Okay. Uh, do you know what? I was just thinking that it can't be these because. Um, the fascist groove. I mean, it could have got in the top ten, but I well, yeah, banning it doesn't necessarily. Well, know. we found that with um, Sons of Sex Pistols, Son of Anarchy. Yeah, uh, or was it God Save the? I can't remember which one was. Um, oh, it might be God Save the Queen. Banned. Yeah, I can't remember that. However, they've had three top ten hits. If you include a remix of Temptation, which got to number four in 1992. Oh. So, before I go through the list, which was your favourite 2017 song? My favourite? So, I was thinking of going for Temptation, but as you know, I tried to steer clear of ones that I already know. So, I went for Crushed by the Wheels of Industry. Okay. I like that one. All right. Let's see how well it did. So, 1981. We don't need this fascist groove thing, thang. That got to number 45. Oh. But so I gave you it because obviously the um the, the, the history and... around it, and it was their first one from obviously then leaving Human League. And it also it did get into the top 40 when it was re-released in 1993. <laughs> it got oh. to number 40. <laughs> not much oh, better, so but it still got in the top 40. Uh, 1982, Let Me Go. That got to number 41. So, as you can see, they left a really successful, or went on to be a really successful band, and their first two singles were actual big flops. Them first two were the two that I didn't like as well. There you go. So now we're going into their, what, if I hadn't given you those two, would have been the ones that you had. Yeah. So 1983, Temptation. So after two big flops, they suddenly come out with Temptation and number two. Okay, yeah. You know, they've suddenly gone straight in. But uh, the difference in the song yeah. Temptation to them two is major. Uh, so 1983, Come Live With Me, number five. Okay. 1983, Crushed by the Wheels of Industry, number 17. Not bad. 
1984, Sunset Now, number 24. That's a good song. And 1984, This Is Mine, number 23. So the difference in... Yeah. And I think you can see that as well with their albums. So their very first album, Penthouse and Pavement, which would have obviously, that was 1981. So, you know, definitely the, the we don't need this fascist groove thing. That had been on there. That got to number 14 in the album chart. And then they brought out the Luxury Gap album, which would have been with their main core hits album. That got to number four. Oh, so, so you can yeah, see the difference even their in, in obviously their music. But I think uh, it's going albums. that bit more poppy as well. Yeah. And then in 1984, which we've had the last couple of big hits, or relatively big hits, top 40 hits, uh, How Men Are, that got to number 12. So still better than their uh, very first album. Yeah. So if this was one at the very beginning where you weren't sure where you sat with it, just to, to try and do my bit of influencing, I will just say then, ignore the first two because they weren't actually in the top 40. I only gave you them to show how the music had changed and obviously coming from uh, Human League and obviously what Human League were and before obviously then they went into Temptation and so on. So if these were one of those ones, then maybe take away those first two, which you wouldn't have listened to. I gave you them because of obviously one, the history behind we don't need this fascist screw thing. And obviously Let Me Go was just outside the top 40. That's why I gave you them. But if it's actually they've had a bad influence on you, I'm trying to reverse that Look now by saying ignore them. Begging for that okay. hit you are, aren't you? Try it. I think, well, I, th I think you've got, you know, we've got six groups this week and um, they could all all be it. Oh, 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 the Passions only had one song, but, you know, the, the others could all could all get in. But anyway, we will move on and we'll come to that at the end. Keep trying. Haircut 100. So, yeah, at first I was like, I can't. I can't compare them this week. Like I said at the beginning, like I didn't know how to compare them all, which is quite nice because I properly looked at them individually. But then some of their songs sound similar to Heaven 17. They look and sound also a bit like ABC. Like as I got into them, I was like, oh yeah, I can see how they fit. But the like, I mean, there's not much to say about them. They only had four songs. They're catchy and they're quite, I don't know, a few of the, a couple of the songs are quite mellow. Like I can just play them, not mellow, that makes it sound like slow, but I don't know. They're just, I can put them on in the background and have them as like background music. They don't give much to you. They've got a bit of upbeatness in there, a bit of fun in there. But yeah, there's not like much going. They, I don't know, they seem a bit odd as well. I don't know. They don't stick out to me as much as others that I've listened to this week. Okay. Uh, do you know what? Their four songs, I still liked their four songs, but I don't know, I just think there's not much from them. Okay. Haircut 100 were, or are, Nick Haywood, vocals and guitar, Les Neems on bass, Graham Jones on guitar, Patrick Hunt on drums, Phil Smith on saxophone, Mark Fox on percussion and vocals, or backing vocals, Patrick Hunt on drums. He left in 1981 and was replaced with Blair Cunningham on drums, who was actually American. So they were formed in 1980 in Beckenham, Kent, um, England, by Hayward and Neens. And they're a new wave jazz, funk, 
or Brit funk band. Brit funk. So That's again, I suppose they'd be classed as sophisticated pop. Yeah, yeah, like you can hear. But they're, Brit, they're classed as Brit funk, but yeah, I was, I was, because they're jazz funk, as I say, you've got level 42, more the, the jazz sized funk. I mean, Spandau Ballet have been classed as funk as well as soul. So I suppose uh, it's hard. It's that there's so many genres in the 80s that eventually oh, think so you could give a different genre to every every one, literally. But um, I would probably say they, they are in there with like the ABC Spandau Ballet, that kind mm. of, although they are classed as Brit funk. Why not just funk though? Well, because they're me. also, I suppose they're classed as jazz because of having that saxophone mm. in there. They're, they're, they're classed as a, as the jazz side of it as well. But the Brit, Brit just makes them British. Because they're British. Like that's just a weird. Yeah. So Haywood and Neems have been in several bands since 1977 so again 1977 which was the same time as vice versa started for abc so again okay. similar timeline and their bands included rugby boat party captain pennyworth and moving england before they finally became haircut 100 oh so right they went, so they went quite around a few, a few you know different obviously went to different pubs and that and depend on the reaction in the previous night or whatever mm. they changed their name by the sound of it um, but they're very I suppose I would say they're very the way they look is very essentially British and the, oh the only, yeah you know, like boat party you can see you know as a you know on a boat with their pastel jumpers or whatever mm. you know Captain Pennyworth very British name the only thing that probably goes <laughs> against them is rugby I'd more I'd put, put more cricket than rugby um but yeah that that's yeah I suppose that's how I see very essentially British band and uh, you know even the moving England you know that in having England in their in, in their, their name, name yeah you know. and then um, they, and they, they, went and with then they become a haircut, haircut 100 which is totally very off, off, off not the wall, near, sort yeah. Of, <laughs> Maybe but, they're like posh and British names didn't hit yeah. really well. I was like, do you know what? Let's post random things in Haircut 100. So, yeah, so by the time they became Haircut 100, Hayward and Neems were then joined by um, the guitarist Graham Jones and the drummer Patrick Hunt. And then Fox and Smith joined when recording demos. So then that, that so the demos are what they then sent out and obviously got a record deal on or looking for a record deal. Uh, so their debut single favourite shirts, Boy Meets Girl, which became their first hit and resulted in a first TV appearance on Top of the Pops, which saw Hunt leave not long after and replaced oh. by Cunningham playing the drum. So he left before they, they made um, it that big. Yeah, so it was before their recording of their first album, Pelican West, which reached oh, so he doesn't two really in the album charts. So no, he was there for their demos and their first hit, but as far as when they got into the recording of their album, he'd then gone. So he's not someone that people would think of, really? No, no. So you, I suppose Blair Cunningham is more classed as a drummer than Patrick Hunt. So yeah, so... Um, Pelican West was then recorded and released, and that got to number two in the UK album chart. Oh. So again, it's another one of these albums that typifies the 80s music scene. 
Oh, okay, um, so that's another it's one. one of those which... albums. It's probably not seen as it's not highly rated as like Lexicon of Love and the others I've said about Dare, like Dare and what have you. But um, it was yeah, Joshua Tree by U2, but it's still a big eighties album. Okay, and there's a reason for that. Um, okay. probably because of the songs that were on it. So in late 1982, tensions were rising as the band struggled to record new material, obviously being on, they were obviously under pressure from their record label. They'd had a really good first album. And um, Hayward actually even refused to attend some recording sessions. And then in January 1983, with the band's forthcoming single Whistle Down the Wind postponed, a statement came out was released that Hayward and the band had parted company with Hayward saying in an interview uh, with Smash Hits magazine that he was contemplating a solo career however many years later Hayward then said he was suffering from depression brought on by the stress from a year of constant work and pressure which led to him in effect being sacked by the rest of the band with Fox taking over the vocals uh, so Fox went from backing vocals to the to the main vocalist. Okay. But yeah, so obviously in the 80s, depression and that wasn't something. I mean, it's only now mental health is really coming into the foreground. But mm-hmm. Nick Hayward suffered, obviously, with all the traveling and the pressures. As it's I say, their first, they had this first album, a really good hit. The record label obviously said, we want more. Yeah. And they just they couldn't produce it or they felt they couldn't. And. Yeah, uh, the the pressures of that. And um, Hayward went into depression, missed, as I say, missed um, several recording sessions. And I suppose the band saw it as he wants a solo career. We're getting rid of him. Hayward come out saying he wanted a solo career. And actually, he did have a solo career. It wasn't, it was okay. And he actually, so as I said, they they postponed their um, forthcoming single, Whistle Down the Wind, which Hayward wrote. And Hayward actually then released that as a soloist. Oh, so this is the one that had depression as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't so much the solo career, although that he went on to that, but only because he'd been sacked by the band. So, yeah. But obviously, you know, that is something back then that people didn't comprehend with, you know, depression, mental health, whereas now it would, it would be seen as totally different. Yeah. So in 2004, the band, so 20 years later from when they split up, I mean, to be honest, didn't really do much after Hayward had, had left, really. And Hayward, as I say, didn't wasn't he, he had an OK solo career, but nothing outstanding. They reunited via the VH1 series Bands Reunited. And they were one of the bands that did actually go through and have a little concert for their fans on the back of this VH1 Bands Reunited. And then in 2011, the band played London's Indigo O2 Arena and they played Pelican West in its entirety. Oh, okay. So they gave people what they wanted. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's about them, really. As I say, they didn't, they, you know, they, they were formed in, what, 1980. And then by 1982, their lead singer and songwriter had gone and pretty much... And it's- downhill that from there the really isn't of, it yeah yeah i mean they did release i suppose some but it didn't as hence why you've only got four songs it, if they did release anything they didn't do anything mm-hmm. and they're only known for their their album pelican west yeah Nothing i can say else. the four that i've got are all from that album as well yeah so what's your favorite song for haircut 100 i went with fantastic day ah 
yeah it's probably my favorite actually but yeah i like i like them all um if i was nobody's fool is probably my least one but yeah i like, I like, I like all yeah know. i agree yeah. with that nobody's fool is my least but i like my yeah. favorite shirts as well yeah 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 and love plus one yeah yeah so 1981 favorite shirts boy meets girl their first release first release that was their first release yes their first single Oh, I thought you were going to say they re-released it. Okay. No, no, no. And um, as I say, they re- they released that. I suppose it could have been um, that they were told, release this. If it does well, then you've got an album. To, you know, we'll look at doing an album. A bit like um, Claire Grogan we spoke about last week with Altered Images. Her single flopped and they scrapped any f- yeah, they didn't on the album. This yeah. was probably the same. They, they gave them, you know, there's a deal in principle. We'll see how this goes. It yeah. done well, and they got onto top of the pops. Obviously, the drummer left. They replaced the drummer, but yeah, um, they went on to obviously make a, a very good album. So yeah, the released in 1981. Favorite shirts, Boy Meets Girl, number four. Oh, they came in good. Yeah, weren't expecting. They either gonna be. You've not revealed how many top ten singles they've got. 1982, Love Plus One, number three. These are the ones. 1982, Fantastic Day, number nine. Oh. So, Nobody's Fool wasn't a favourite of mine, wasn't a favourite of yours. It's going to, yeah, these are going to be the ones. Where did it come then? Oh, did I it come go, in the top ten? We're get, I'm going number six. 1982, Nobody's Fool, number nine. Okay. So... You know, when you look back. But when you were talking about their album, yeah, big album. And then, yeah, the album number two, obviously, because of, you know, you've got four top ten hits there. And if you think that, you know, you you can't even imagine the pressure that Nick Hayward would have been under after writing four top ten hits, a number two selling album, the pressure that that record company must have put on him must have been immense. yes. The rest of the band wouldn't have known or probably didn't realise at the time. As I say, it wasn't there. And in the end, he, he just had enough. He and, got a bit too much. You know, I'm not well, he, he, Not so much he had enough. He didn't attend recording sessions. And on the back of that, the band had enough and just felt you'll just, you know, want this solo album, we'll go and have it sort of thing. Yeah. You know, solo career, go and have it. But yeah. it wasn't. It was It was more the pressure he must have been under, as I say. Definitely after the, to after follow up. But you always have to then think, what if he'd if he'd he carried on that hadn't, and he, you know, or if they realised and he got help, and then he came back and the band carried on, you know, it's. But it's I guess all that's all ifs, in hindsight, but, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can't not what Haircut One Hundred gave to the eighties, one massive album, really, with four fantastic songs. Yeah, there isn't many other bands that have released that can, you know, I mean, you're then going into like things like the Spice Girls, you know, the real up here groups, not someone yeah. who probably most people haven't heard of, that their first, their four and only four main hits. I think they released another two after that, I think. So the band obviously did have another, they carried on. Um, I'm trying to remember now. I'm pretty sure when I look, they did have another um, couple of hits, but they weren't obviously top 40 so yeah uh, 1983 prime time number 46 mm. and then 1983 so tired number 94 but that was without 
Nick Hayward, he'd gone, remember, in 1982. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and they they, they only had one album as far as um, top-selling album went. So whether they... I can't imagine they released another two songs off that same album. So these were songs that obviously were done after and didn't hit the songs and that, and then that was the end of Haircut 100. Very brief stay in the uh, (laughs) visit, but, wow, what a visit. Four Mm. straight hits. Yeah, they're not like big, but then I guess because they were so, they didn't stay around for so long, considering they had like the four top hits, you know, you say about the album, they're not someone that I've ever heard of, but then it was a short thing where other yeah. people have like overtaken and become bigger because they were around longer. So I guess that makes sense. But yeah, considering what they've done, I thought, you know, I could have heard of them. Mm. And the other thing that's funny is your favourite song, Fantastic Day, which is also mine, is actually their worst charting song with Nobody's Fall, which both of us agreed was probably their worst. Yeah. And you also said you liked favourite shirts. You didn't mention Love Plus One, which was their best hit. Yeah. Love Plus One was all right, but I think that one I had to listen to a couple of times to like it. Went straight in there. I enjoy this. Okay. Moving on then to the four tops. Okay. Did you say you thought the four tops would have had a number one at the yeah, beginning? Yeah, yeah. But I also okay. said that about ABC and Seven Seventeen. Yeah. But I'll move on to these. Okay. These were great. Yeah. Give me the forget the passions. Should have ended on these. <laughs> would have been a fantastic end to my week. These were the most memorable. Had the most memorable songs. I want more, they're catchy, they're fun. You know, they're, they're, I don't know, you can play them anywhere. They're simple sounding with them music-wise. And I feel like as they went on, I can hear that little bit of electronic, but I feel they're more jazzy soul-based. And they start off a bit mellow and then they really get into that upbeat. And as they get better, boy, are they up my street. Oh, love them. And then when I watch their videos, they're all like suited and booted and they all wear matching suits. They've got similar haircuts, although I felt sorry. So there's four of them. And like you've got the one main guy who's a singer and then the others are more like backing vocalists. But they're not a, um, they're singers, aren't they? They're not musicians. Didn't no, see any no, of no. Their this is a group. They are. A band, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, that's, I think that's how I've. From doing this, I've I've worked out that if you're a group, you're more singers, so like the Pointer Sisters and yeah. that sort of thing. Whereas if you're a band, you're musicians. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that's how I've now worked out the difference between a group and a band. Yeah, yeah. But these are definitely the singers. They're a group. So yeah. So the four tops were Levi Stubbs as the lead singer, and then you had Abdul Duke Fakir. Ronaldo Obi Benson and Lawrence Payton as like the backing vocals, I suppose, um, for them. They were formed in 1953. I was going to say they're quite old. Yeah. Detroit, Michigan, US. And they were pop, soul, arm and B group. Yeah, yeah. Got that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, forget about R&B. So, yeah. In 1990, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What? Not that I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I don't know. Rock and roll just try and take everything. Yeah. They? In nineteen ninety nine, they were inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame. That's a new one. 
1998, they were inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And in 2009, the Grammy Life Achievement was awarded to them. They're so happy. So in 2004, Rolling Stone magazine ranked them at number 79 in its list of 100 greatest artists of all time. Okay, yeah. Oh, they're so lovely. So, yeah, well, uh, I mean, it's a shame because there's only one of them around now. Which one's that? Um, So... In 1997, Lawrence Payton died, aged 59, from liver cancer. In 2005, uh, Ronaldo Benson died, aged 69, from lung cancer. And in 2008, the lead singer Levi Stubbs died, aged 72, and he died in his sleep, having been diagnosed with cancer in 1995. Bear in mind, this is now 2008. And he had a stroke in 2000, which is when he was pretty much cut off from the four tops, unable to tour or anything. Yeah. So um, it does say that Fakir still tours as the four tops. So he but he was one of the backing vocalists. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's not it's not really the, the same when you haven't got the original, especially when, as you yeah. say, the lead singer's gone. They had two number ones um, in the 1960s Ooh. in the US. Oh, okay. Not over here. So no, and they had six albums in the eighties, and they've had twenty-eight albums in total. But when but you think you know, we're talking of the, how long they've been around, yeah, then yeah, and all the songs you listened to were eighties songs. I didn't give you any outside the eighties. So Loco in Acapulco, which is probably the one oh, I most love it. Are, um, that was co-written with by Phil Collins for his oh, film okay. Buster as part of the soundtrack for the film. And he co-wrote that along with Lamont Dozier. And now Lamont Dozier was mainly the co-writer for The Four Tops, along with right. Brian Holland, including both their number ones. So The Four right. Tops weren't actually writers, they were just singers. Yeah, they were literally singers. And they had writers writing for them, which was mainly Dozier and Holland. And Dozier was also the co-writer with Collins for Loco in Acapulco which is probably why they got to the gig of singing it because of their links with Dozier. Mm. So, um, I've listened to Loco. It's a good song now. Yeah. Oh God, I've listened to that so much. I've got it on single. Yeah, I bought it on single. Oh yeah. 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 On a vinyl or cassette? Yeah, vinyl, vinyl. Right. So what's your favourite song of the Four Tops? I've got two. I couldn't pick. Wow. (laughs) So Don't Walk Away. And Loco in Acapulco. Uh huh. So the surprising thing is, neither of those are their best hit. What? Yeah. Loco in Ap- Do you know what? Put me in the 80s. I'll buy everything <laughs> for Loco in Acapulco. I'll buy it all. <laughs> That's not a big one. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not big, but it's away. not their biggest. Yeah, not their biggest. I'm quite shocked. Yeah. So, do you want to find out which was then? Yeah. Right, let's go through the charts then. So in 1981, When She Was My Girl, that got to number three in the British charts. Oh, wow. In 1981, Don't Walk Away, that got to number 16. All right, that's not bad. In 1988, Don't Reach Out, I'll Be There, 
That got to number 11. Oh. In 1988, Indestructible, featuring Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson. Yeah, he was a singer from the 60s and 70s as well. So probably around the time of when the four tops were obviously big. Yeah. Um, that only got to number 30. And in 1988, Loco in Acapulco, on the back of a, you know, what was a big film at the time, and obviously had mm. Phil Collins in it, who was big himself. Um, that got to number seven. So oh, well, um, it's still a top When ten. She Was My Girl was their um, their biggest hit of what you listened to. Which you didn't hit with me in the first listen, you know. I didn't enjoy no. that in the first listen. So there you go. But um, if you want to catch up with their music, you've got another 27 albums, to, or tw- you've got 28 albums to listen to, and gosh knows how many other songs including um, two number ones, as I say, but not over here. They were in America, yeah. which I think is where most of, obviously back then, because of the way music was, there was a definite divide between what was in America and what was in, in the UK. And probably even in America, you know, you had your, as we've said before, you know, you had your country and Western, your R&B. Your mm, like they've rock. got a wider range. But yeah, they, they, they did make number one twice, as I say, in, in the US, but they weren't big over here at the time mm. um that guy who's still going like yeah well the only one that's alive Fakir. yeah he's released a single oh there you go i've just looked because i was like intrigued yeah. at their what's on spotify and they've like a single 2021 there you go freedom but it's yeah. like he's on his own yeah that's cool okay moving on to the last group this week the yeah. last band, The Passions. So I weren't quite sure because there was only one song. So what I did do is I went on Spotify and I've said about this before, how they have their, you go on to the artist's Spotify and you've got the top five popular releases. So the one that you gave me is number one of the popular releases and then there's obviously four more so I just listened briefly to the other four just to give a feel because I was like I've only got one let's see what their others are like like to make this like why was this their only hit but the other they all sound similar I think they're all from the same album and they're yeah they're just I don't know it's a big change from the four tops isn't it very big Mm. they're like it's quite instrumental slow doesn't give you much to be honest and then I watched a video. She's very beautiful, the um, woman at the, like the singer. And they're 80s looking, you know, her hair, the makeup. I took a guess at New Wave, but I weren't sure. Just because yeah, um, New Wave post-punk, they're classed Ooh, as. Look at me, I got one right. But yeah, there's not much from them. Like I yeah. say, instrumental and a bit slow and very different from the four tops. Sure. So... Um... The Passions were Barbara Gogan as vocals stroke guitar, Claire Bidwell on bass, Richard Williams on drums, Clive Timperley on guitar, Jeff Smith on keyboards, and that, that was it. So Claire Bidwell, she left in 1980 and was replaced on bass by David Agar. And then Clive right. Timperley, he left in 1981 and was replaced on guitar by Stephen Wright. They were formed in 1978 in Shepherd's Bush, London, England. Okay. And as I say, they're a new wave post-punk band and highly considered as a one-hit wonder. Well, they've only got that one song. Because they've only got one song, yes. They were formed by Williams and Gogan originally as the Derelicts. Right. 
Um, they then became the Rivers of Passion, and then obviously shortened that to the Passions. It's weird when people go through name changes. Yeah, so <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Barker, he was the original vocalist. However, he left in 1979, and Gogan then took over the lead vocals. So they originally had a bloke as a vocalist, and then Barbara Gogan took over. As I say, so Claire Bidwell, the bassist, and I don't think we've had many women bassists, she left after their first tour and she then joined The Wall, who I can't say I've heard of, and was replaced by Agar. And at the same time, they were dropped by their record company uh, or record label, Fiction. Um, however, they were then picked up by Polydor Records and it was Polydor who released the I'm in Love with a German Film Star. And that saw them appear on Top of the Pops. Which is where I watched them. Uh-huh. Clive Timperley left the band during the Italian leg of their tour in Verona, citing internal political differences. Political? And okay. not long after that, the passions dissolved for good in the middle of 1983, after releasing three albums and one top 40 hit. Do you know what? Yep. Before you go on to their song, talking of Top of the Pops, because I've now watched loads of videos from there, and you've said about the miming before, you can really tell they're miming. The more videos I watch, I can tell now. I think I've watched so many that I can just tell. <laughs> Side note. Yeah. So, as I said, they had one Top 40 hit. So their hit wasn't even... Tell you what, if this is number 40... Uh, yeah be mad at you because I could have ended on well, a really nice high with the four tops so as I just said yeah one top 40 hits so not one top 10 hit not no. one top 20 no. hit which tells you um it wasn't that great a hit really no it wasn't anyway so the passions yeah. 1981 I take it out of all the other songs you listened to was this their best one yeah, but I didn't yeah. write it down as a favourite. No, because no, no, it was, yeah. It was the only um, one that I feel like I'd be a bit biased. So, I'm in love with a German film star. 1981, got to number 25. Okay, all right, I'll let you. If you were so, going to say, like, yeah, 39 or something, yeah, I would have been mad. Yeah. I don't, I, I think they would have had to have been, I know that Top of the Pops always like top 40, but I think for something like that, They'd have had to have been in at least the top 30 to have got yeah, to on top of the pops. But yeah. yeah. So that that finishes off this week's. This series. Yeah, well, without you, we've still got your hits and misses. That is true. So let's quickly do them. Yeah. And then I will go into a summary of this series. Yeah. So hits and misses then for yep. this week. For this week. We have got ABC, yep. were a nice hit. They weren't too hard okay. to choose. I'd put them. That was nice. Right. Yeah. We've got Modern Romance. These are the ones that were quite hard to put because I couldn't get Holiday out of my head. And I was thinking, am I going to listen to them again? Do I like it that much? I did like the songs, but I also there was a handful that I also didn't like. Well, what am I going to do? So I put them in a miss. But I've moved them over to a hit. This is before this, though, not during. Uh-huh. Nothing has right. changed during. Okay. I put an arrow. So only because the songs that I do like, I do like, and 
I would happily go out and listen to everybody's songs so considering I can't get out of my head and the best years of our lives you know like the ones that I like yeah so did you I mean how many do you have of theirs I can't remember now six was it six or say seven? six or seven eight eight so it's an even number did you have at least four hits yeah like it was four oh, and four. Oh, so yeah which is why split down the middle yeah so which yeah. is why like the ones that sure. i do like i've got so yeah i first couldn't admit this is one that i'm really on the fence about yeah but i'll give them a hit because i do like a bit of cheese and i do like that everybody sold so in the um high life that's the end of my lives and i do like the queen of the rapping scene they're the four that i like so uh-huh. and the others i think you know i might like them if i listen to them a bit more um Heaven 17, I really didn't want to like these, especially after watching the video, but I think they're a hit because I do like the majority of their songs. I literally, out of their Heaven 17, there's only one song, two songs that I don't like, which were the two that we spoke about that weren't the 80s. Well, the, so No, 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 weren't in the top 40. They're all 80s. Oh, yeah, weren't in the top 40, yeah. Top that's 40. It. So, yeah, I liked all the others. So I think that, that's what pushed me over. Um, like, I do like them, I just didn't want to like them because they're a bit dark in their videos, but their songs are, so I guess it makes a bit of a difference. Haircut 100 were also a hit, like all four of the songs. Um, yeah, they hit well with me. Four Tops, obviously a hit. Obviously. obviously. Like, there was no way I could not put them as a hit. And yeah. The Passions were a miss, but I mean, I had listened to other songs of theirs as well, so it weren't even just that there was one song. I did go out there and listen to others just to see if there was any change, and they were all similar sounding, so no, didn't like them. Okay. So you got one miss out of six. Which I'll definitely take, and especially as the miss was literally a number 25 one-hit wonder. Yeah. And I just gave you it for you to, because obviously it was part of it, they wanted Part of it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So... um, Got to give them their due. That's it. Okay. That ends series one. It does. The early 80s, 1980 to 1981. <laughs> Spans over a lot. Yeah. So, 25 episodes. I will now do a summary. And you might be, well, I'll, I'll ask you how many you reckon. So, first of all, then, how many bands or how many groups, bands, you've had some soloists as well? How many do you think you've listened to? Uh... Hey, so it's roughly four per episode, so that's a hundred. But we've had a few with extra. Let's go with like a hundred and fifteen. Oh, not far out. So I have actually taken some out. So um, oh, you had soft cell with, and then I gave you a mark or a couple of mark almonds. Oh yeah, yeah. I've not included him as as part of it because you never right. even. Oh no, I think you did actually. No, I did. Him, I put him. You did say with him, but Gary Newman and Two Bray Army. You didn't give. I've only gone with Gary Newman and the Two Bray Army as a. Yeah, as a thing. I, you didn't separate um, them because uh, Two Bray Army. They only had one hit before it became Gary Newman. Yeah, and rightly so. You didn't. You just gave a hit miss on Gary Newman choke Two Bray Army as a whole. You also had Phil Oakey and Giorgio Moroder together in Electric Dreams. Oh, yeah. However, obviously, Phil Oakey, that was, he wasn't a soloist. That was the only song he'd done outside of Human League. Yeah. So I haven't included. And again, you didn't give a hit or miss on it. No, it was that was Human just a League. Whole, so I've, yeah. ta- I've taken that out. And obviously, you had others where you had Alice Cooper, which was originally a band. 
and then Alice Cooper became a soloist, but he changed it his was name Alice to Alice Cooper. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've just included that. Um, however, Meatloaf, I have in so Meatloaf is the only soloist that I have kept in because he is Meatloaf. Well, um, and Alice Cooper, really. Well, Alice Cooper I kept in as, as the band, as but not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, so you actually listened to 111. Oh, okay. I weren't far off. So yeah, that was it. And how do you think the split was? More hits, more misses. I'm going to go more hits. You know, I think you've done well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the total number of hits were 59 and a half. Who on earth did I give a half to? It was 51 and a half. And funny enough, that's what I was going to ask you. There was one group or band you sat on the fence with, and we I never pushed you on it. I, I did. At the time. And can you remember who it was? No. No. Lead singer was Fergal Sharkey. I know that name. Who was it? No. No, you're going to have to tell. You watch your tell me, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. I can't remember how many songs you had of theirs, actually, um, to even know if it was um, an even number or not. Who was it? Oh, I could. That's why. Because I gave you, I know I gave you some songs outside of the 80s, um, like Teenage Kicks. I gave you that as a song. Right. Um, and that was from 1978. But they had a perfect cousin. Oh, Yeah. Oh, who was it? The, it's the someone. So it's the undertones. The undertones. They were the ones that you sat on the fence with. And I never pushed you on it. Now, if I'd actually taken, I think you probably had four songs going by what I'm looking at. Um, oh, no, yeah, I found, no, yeah, I found it, four. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, the Teenage Kicks wasn't 1980. So if I was to have really pushed you on it, I could have done it on the three that was left. So my perfect cousin, Wednesday week, and it's going to happen. And then obviously, if I say the per, my perfect cousin, then that would have been a miss. But we never. Why didn't you push me never, on it? I'm looking at it I now. Know. I don't know. And I'm really trying to work out why I said yeah. I'm on the fence. Yeah. I liked three out of the four songs. Yeah. Um, we never we have I did on others because I listened back on them all to, to see your hits and misses because funny enough at the time I haven't wrote them down or ticked or whatever which I will in future but yeah. the undertones was the only one where never pushed you on it you sat on the fence and stayed on the fence with the undertones so hence hence the half marks on that so yeah so number of hits 59 and a half number of misses 51 and a half and that's including this week's so you got more hits and misses anyway yeah now, I haven't obviously added up all the songs you listen to because there would be so many. Um, but I have the number ones for the 80s. How many number ones do you think you've listened to from the 80s? 1980 to 90s? Oh, no, no, it been the 80s. would have been 80s, yeah, because you'd have you've had you've listened to groups from 881, but you've had their songs that would have been later on. So so yeah, how many yeah. how many number ones from the eighties? As long as she's not included the seventies in there. No, there's a few. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, while you're thinking about it, I'll just go through those. You listen to the number ones, but were outside the eighties. So Buggles, Video Killed the Radio Star, Our Friends Electric, Tube Army, Cars yeah. by Gary Newman, Should I Stay or Should I Go, Brass in My Pocket. Oh, sorry, Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders. Um, you had a couple from The Police, Message in a Bottle and Walking on the Moon. 
Boomtown Rats, I Don't Like Mondays. Uh, Blondie, a couple for them. Heart of Glass and Sunday Girl. And Tragedy for the Bee Gees. So, how many number ones do you think you had in the 80s? So there's quite a few there that I've written down that were big songs that you listen to, but outside the 80s. 33. 33. So numbers sticking out to me. Okay. It's actually a round number. You listen to 40 number ones. Okay. Which is quite ironic when you think I've only been giving you songs... From the top 40. The majority of them were from the top 40. I mean, there were a few, as you found out today, with two from Heaven 17. Um, but the majority of them were in the top 40. So, yeah, 40 number ones you listen to. It's not bad going, is it? Would you like to have a guess which band you listen to with the most number ones? <gasps> oh, my God, there's been so many bands. Like, you going through those songs, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Oh, my goodness. I'll I'll help you out. These are the bands that have had the most number ones. Now, this is in their whole career, okay? So ABBA, of the bands you've listened to, they're the most successful in the UK. They have had nine number ones in total, not necessarily the 80s. U2, they've had seven number ones. In total. In total, yes. I'm not giving it away that easily. Blondie, six number ones. Queen, six number ones. Slade, six number ones. The Police, five number ones. And the Bee Gees have had five number ones. Now, do you think any of those, when you take out their post or pre-80s songs, does that help? Or do you think it's... I want to say, yeah, it's one of them, but you asking this question means... Bearing in mind, we also know in the 1980s, there was the top four bands, and you've listened to two of them so far, and that was Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet, and neither of those on this list. But they didn't have loads of number ones. No. Like Spandau Ballet, I think only had one or two number ones. I think they had one, True. I was going to say True's there. Yeah. Might have just been that one. Duran Duran... I don't even think they had many number ones. I want to go with, it's not ABBA, because ABBA were 70s. I know they didn't do as well in the 80s. So you've got ABBA, U2, Blondie, Queen, Slade, Queen. Police and the Bee Gees. You're going I'm with, Queen. Go with Queen? Yeah. Okay. I will go in reverse order from those I've just given you of how many they had in the 80s. Okay. So the Bee Gees, five number ones in total, but only one number one in the 80s where you win again. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, no, that, that is even worse. Slade, no number ones in the 80s. Oh, yeah. As I said at the time, I think they were the, the most successful band of the 70s. Yes. Um, the Bee Gees, as I say, they only had one. U2, seven number ones, but only one number one in the 80s. Queen, six number ones, only one number one in the 80s, and that was Under Pressure with David Bowie. Oh, my God, yes. Um, ABBA, as you just said, nine number ones, the most successful group that you've listened to from the 80s. Only two number ones in the 80s. Yeah, they were 70s, weren't they? They were pre-80s, so yes, 70s. I remember that bit. So we've got two left. Oh, and who's left? The Police. Oh, it's going to be you two. No, oh, wait, no, you said you did. Yeah. 
The police oh, and Blondie. Blonde. I don't know who to pick. Oh, 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 oh is the it police. someone else? Oh my yeah, goodness, yeah. If, it can't, if it's someone else, I'm assuming, because there's so many blooming many. I can't remember all of those. So you can't remember anyone that had like, I mean, we're looking at, oh, what? And many number ones. I mean, you're looking at below five because BGs and the police have five number ones. So it's going to be below five, or they'd already be on the list. Yeah. So you're looking at four number ones or three number ones. I can't remember. Do you know how long this has been? This is 25 weeks. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I will I will put you at your misery. Who did you say out? The police and Blondie. So Blondie, Blondie have six. No, police. Blondie have six in total. The police have five in total. Which one do you reckon had more? Blondie. 80s. You're Blondie. going with Blondie. I'm going with Blondie. Okay. So Blondie, six number ones in total. Three of those in the 80s. Yeah. The police had five number ones in total, of which three were in the 80s. So they're joint. So is it someone else then? Bucks Fizz. We literally need them. Three number ones in the 80s, the same as Blondie and the police. However, we had a group or a band with four, I say four number ones. And that is The Jam. The Jam were the most successful group that you have listened to so far from the 80s with four number ones. Do you know how hard this is? There you go. I won't expect you to remember them. Hang on, I'm trying to find them. Who did they even come in with? Town Called Malice. Yeah. Going Underground. Start was one, I think. So, Going Underground was number one. Yeah. Start was number one. Yeah. Town Called Malice was number one. And The Bitterest And Bill. Beat Surrender uh, was number one. However, two of those number ones were double A's. So you actually, in effect, listen to six number one songs, although officially only four yeah because a town called malice was a double a side with precious yeah while going underground was a double a side with dreams of children so there you go but they were the most successful and without giving too much away you weren't a fan of theirs no one else no that's why i was like oh when you said it was them okay so the next bit of interesting is genres that you've listened to. Okay. And there's a lot. And we're just talking. There is, but we know you know every week. And I've, I've put them into four sections or three, three sections, pop, rock and dance music. Okay. Although, funny enough, the jam come under a sub one, which I'll go into after. Right. Which is a cross between pop and rock. It was called power pop which links the two. So I'll start with rock. I'll then go power pop. And then I'll go into the new wave pop and then into dance. So it all links in. So under rock, you had soft rock. One of the groups you listened to soft rock was so similar music was Hall & Oates. Yeah. You had dance rock. 
and a group that come under dance rock was Duran Duran. You had punk rock. Yeah. Under punk rock was one of the most successful, Blondie. And The Clash was another one. Um, alternative rock. So Adam and the Ants and The Cure come under alternative rock. And he didn't like either of those without giving too much away for those that haven't listened to past pods. Glam rock. So here you had ABBA. Yeah. But they changed. They, they started off as glam coming out of the 70s, obviously with Waterloo on the back of that. Yeah. Um, the undertones were classed as glam rock. And I don't see them as, yeah, no. I don't see that. Weird and Slade, the comparison, isn't it? Which they're doesn't surprise me because they're out of yeah. the 70s. Boogie Rock, and you love Boogie Rock. You love oh, Status Quo. We Clown. love a bit of, oh, I love a bit of them. Um, Rockability, which is probably the closest to rock and roll of the yeah. 80s. Uh, Stray Cats, which okay. again, you like, you like the Stray Cats. Yeah. Prog Rock, or Progressive Rock as it's known. Genesis, ELO and Queen were prog rocks that you listen to. Art Rock. Um, so you listen to a couple of groups of art rock, Martha and the Muffins, XTC, mm. they were they were classed as art rock. And then you had electronic rock. Yeah. Uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah. Probably been the main one of those. Obviously got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Then we had a bit of um, heavy metal. Um, so oh, Black Sabbath, Iron enjoy. Maiden. Although I enjoyed Black Sabbath. Glam metal, which was a, I class it as heavy metal, but it was more with the glam. And that was Motley Crue. And Kiss, you listen to of um, glam metal. Yeah, mm-hmm. Blues rock, Dire Straits were classed as blues rock. And then um, only last week, you listened to jazz rock, which was you liked. Yeah. You liked a bit of Chicago. Oh, I love Chicago. Um, so, yeah, then, then linking pop and rock, or rock and with pop, you had power pop. Um, and in that, you had mod revival, stroke beat music which, funny enough, was the most successful, the jam. They class as a mod revival. Oh, yeah, I think we spoke about mods. Yeah, and then you had pop rock. So, again, you've got ABBA in there. So they've gone from glam rock to the pop, more poppy rock of the 80s. Mm. The Boomtown Rats were classed as pop rock, as were the Police and U2. So you can see there, pop rock, you've got three groups there that were the most number ones in career-wise, because mm. they obviously pop, pop, pop hit seventies, eighties, nine, even nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it did go across. So that, that that's your your in between of rock and pop. So now we're going into new wave pop. Your you know your your actual pop music. So synth pop, craftwork, OMD. I could go on. Early, so many yeah. soft cell. You know. Yeah, yeah. Art pop. Talking heads were art pop. Progressive or prog pop, ELO. Oh, yeah. So ELO are in progressive rock with Genesis and Queen, but they're also in progressive pop. So they're a prog pop rock group, ELO. Um, Sophisti pop. So you had, as we've said today, Level 42, Spandau Ballet and ABC. Yeah. Folk pop. Can you remember who you had in the folk pop? Oh. Goodness, no, I don't remember that being a no. genre. Dex's Midnight Runners. Ooh. Come on, Eileen, Gina, yeah. the old violin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, you've had your Brit funk. Today. Haircut 100 on today. You then went into um, your two-tone, ska yeah. music. 
Yeah. Still class as pop because it's not so much rock. And that was obviously two toner specials. Your scar was madness. And then your reggae UB40. Yeah. And then we go into your dance, your disco. Oh, cool. So disco was Bee Gees. Yeah. Your soul music with hot chocolate, links. Yeah. Your funk with Sister Sledge, Pointer Sisters. R&B with the Commodores. Yeah. Uh, the Four Tops today. And oh, then yeah. jazz with Cool and the Gang and Shack Attack. Oh my goodness, there's so many. So they're your genres yeah. that you've covered. So obviously, you know, as I say, you're pretty much pop or rock, but you have got like power pop which you've is in between and you've got yeah. your dance which is obviously the total opposite of rock yeah you know you, you've literally got the point of sisters and the iron maiden are literally uh. one end of each spectrum but yeah so they were the genres you've listened to yeah got a very vast amount you've also been introduced um as i say to the father of disco can you remember who the father of disco was oh my goodness i remember talking about father of disco what's his uh. name he was a pioneer of electric dance music with Donna Summer, who was obviously big in the 70s and early 80s. Oh, we haven't amazing. had, obviously, Donna Summer yet because we haven't gone into a women soloist. But um, he oh, had a hit with, uh, what was it called? Um, Together in Electric Dreams, as I mentioned earlier, with Phil Oakey. His name is Giorgio Moroder. That's it. You know, soundtracks. Obviously, we had Vangelis on the back of listening to him. Um, you know, he was the, the father of disco, the, the pioneer of electric dance yeah. music. You also listen to the man who invented the 80s behind a lot of the groups of the 80s. The sounds of the 80s was at the forefront of the 80s. We mentioned him today because he was he was involved in Lexicon of Love. He was involved in um, The Look of Love. You're about Martin Webb. The producer. Trevor, Trevor Horn. Horn. Video killed the radio star for the Buggles. He was the yeah. man who invented the 80s. You also um, found out about how the 80s saw the um, the start of Walkmans and cassettes. Up till then, it had been LPs, vinyls. Walkmans come in in 79. And then throughout the 80s, people bought cassettes. And in 1983, the cassette outsold the vinyl for the first time. That happened in the 80s, as well as obviously video TV, MTV, music yeah. TV. Launched in 1981 in the US, came over to here in 1987. And then obviously, as you know, through the 80s, videos became a big, big promotion budget wise, you know, mm -hmm. big, big selling for the singles. You want to get them out? Yeah. So so that was the 80s. That was the early 80s. So I'm just going to ask you, as I said at the beginning, I was going to put you on the spot. Who were your three most favourite bands? Oh, my God. God. Okay. All right. We're going to go different here. So Queen, they were way, 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 way up there. Um, I'm going to say these ones that are sticking out to me. The Vapors, they really did something for me. And I think that was a shocker. I can't leave them out. Like I've explored them, like their new album. And who else sticks out to me? Who did I have a, a great week with? Do you know what? Let's put like status quo in there. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, three. So others ones. that I know that I have felt you've got you liked were 
Um, stray cats, which were the same week as status quo, but as you probably would have said, status quo over stray cats. Although yeah. You got them both. Um, Chicago, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, night. yeah, really enjoyed them. Um, and different. obviously the four tops today, by the sound. Yeah. And Dexy's Midnight Runners, now you've mentioned Yes, them. yes, were... yeah. Even though at the time you didn't even know they were the ones who'd done Common Island. No idea, no. Yeah. So, um, okay. Any songs that stood out? Any songs? Any songs that stood out? Now I've got to really think. My memory's rubbish. Well, shall I tell you what the two top selling songs were from 80 and 81? Go on. In 1980, the top selling song was Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. Oh. And in 1981, the top selling song was Don't You Want Me by The Human League. So, a little tip for anyone listening if you wanted a big hit in the 80s, Put don't at the start. <laughs> um, gold obviously stands out. It's one mm-hmm. of the reasons we're even doing this. And oh, what was that one that I sang to you? Something about you, baby, I like. That stood out, but mostly because I sang it to you. That was a good one. Uh-huh. And then, do you know what does stand out to me? Oh, what was the name of it? The people who were really... The one... Was it Boiler Room? The one that was about... They sung about things like the teenage pregnancies. They were very political. Well, the political ones were the specials. That's it. The specials. I didn't think you liked. No, that was a no. I didn't. Oh, they were. You're asking about no. You're asking about what songs stood out to me. Oh, they they had songs. They stood stood out out because because they had a political. Yeah, yeah. I didn't particularly Um, like them, but they stood out. They um, had like Nelson Mandela. Much too young about teenage. Yeah, pregnancies and all that. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. they stood out. Yeah, not Fine. I didn't like them, they weren't no. one no, that, I that I'd go back to, but they stood yeah. out to me. Okay, and um, finally, then, um, just to finish off today's pod and this series pod, I suppose I've got to ask, what is your over impression, uh, overall impressions of what you've listened to so far of 80s music? I was going to say early 80s, but obviously some of the songs you listen to are obviously late 80s, mid 80s. So um, I, I suppose I'm asking for your impressions of what you listen to so far. Um, I think that like, I've listened to a lot. Just to put it out yeah. there, I will share with everyone my playlist if they want to know what songs I've listened to. 57 hours of music 57 I've hours. listened to. 57 hours. But anyway, um, so... What I think, like, there's a, there's a lot, and there's such a vast variety of sounds, and like, just yeah, like the music, the sounds, the instruments, and the people. Like, looking at videos, they've all been they all look different. You have different styles, um, but yeah, the vast variety, the difference from one week to the next has been. Oh, I can't even explain it. It's just been like, right, what am I getting this week? And going in blind, I've just, yeah, it's been very eye-opening. Like, okay, so this is, like, some weeks it's like, is that really what you liked? And other weeks it's, oh, my goodness, yeah, I can get down with this. So it's, yeah, it's got so much where, and it literally, you can give different music to different people. It does hit for everyone. There's something for everyone. Then there are some people that would hit for everyone, not just a certain listener. And I think that's that's been really nice to have that difference in music. Yeah. So are you, has your opinion changed? Are you more 
Do you look at 80s music differently? Are you more for 80s music? Oh, definitely. I mean, obviously not all of it. Like there's some things like the very instrumental stuff, the rocky stuff I'll still never really get down with, but that's a whole genre anyway, not particularly 80s. But, you know, the the pop side of things and their synthesizer stuff, that I can get, like not the early stuff, that's just a bit too much for me. But, you know, lyrically, they've really got something, nothing it's not that different i mean yes it's different but it's not that different to any type of music really like it's that simplicity of here's my music and here's my voice and when it's got that together yeah like some of it does sound different and it has got that difference and like i say with some of the things that i listen to it is 80s has puked on them but yeah we've definitely yeah definitely enjoyed giving it a chance and I do enjoy when my 80s comes on in my playlists that Spotify like to make for me now. So, yeah, definitely not as annoying about listening to them as much. So fully educated and partly influenced, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... You saying about my hits and misses, I think it's quite balanced, you know? Mm. So, yeah. But obviously not everyone's going to hit with me. Not everyone hits with you. No. Okay. That, I think, ends this episode and this series. It does indeed. And just to put it out there, people will now have to look out for an extra episode because I am going to give my dad a little lesson in music that he might not want to listen to. Give him some... We're going we're gonna to go into the noughties or the 2010s. Okay. Give him an update on the music out there. Okay, so you're going to give a bonus episode of Turning the Tables in. Yes, rolls okay. reverse. Watch out on Twitter. I'll do some date reveals. may even hint at what I'll be giving Dad. Okay. Watch right. out. Okay. Right, well, I'll look forward to seeing what you put out on Twitter or at Dad <laughs> Educates um, for those that aren't following us. And um We'll um, look out on you if you please subscribe to us on podcasts and you'll obviously get notification when the bonus comes out, when it's released on on any podcast. So, okay. Watch this space. I look forward to it. Okay. (laughs) That that is it. Thank you. And Uh, then we will chat soon. Have a good holiday. I will. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Catch up. Yes. Bye, Dad. Bye.